0: Everybody and welcome to another new episode of Live from Pawnee. I'm Alan, and with me, as always, is my co-host Mark. Mark, how are you on this terrific spring
1: day? Yeah, yeah, spring's kind of peeking its head over the the the, the hillock of winter that we've been fighting through. Love it. Yeah, Thank yeah, you, yeah. I know, I know. Yeah. Um, no, as uh, Sir Alano, the Round Table, there. I'm uh, I'm doing good as as, as always. Um, I don't know if you've heard though. There's been some uh, some additional drama from the R and D department here at LFP Worldwide Headquarters.
0: Oh yeah. Well, last I heard, they had some sort of uh, what I think secret project codenamed Robonstantine. <laughs> yeah.
1: Why has something else happened? Oh yeah. Uh, apparently, Robonstantine uh, found out it's been explicitly designed from the ground up to be a replacement. Believe it or not, for Constantine. Huh. Get out of here. Yeah, he's not happy about that. Well, I don't
0: blame him. I mean, he needs to find out who's, uh, you know, spearheading this project and talk to them. Right,
1: right. That's the that's the other part. Uh-oh. Um, He he found out who's spearheading it. Oh, no. Who? It's Harvey. Harvey. Yep. Our Harvey. Yep. Crazy Harvey. Yep. Constantine's co-worker. Yep. Yep. Wow. Yeah. And, and to make matters worse, uh, Constantine, he's not real happy, you know, so he's decided he's going to spearhead a separate, a totally unrelated project. Oh, really? Yeah. Alan, do you remember from our childhood? We're kind of of an age with each other. uh, From our childhood, the Transformers cartoon series. And you remember that? And then they made uh, several movies based on them starting in the 2000s. I I mean, you're older than me, but sure. Yeah, I remember that. It hurts. Okay. That's unnecessary. But yeah, so vehicles and then stuff stuff happened. Yeah. So, well, apparently Constantine is trying to come up with a real life version of one of those that's his that's his project wait a minute
0: you mean like it changes from a robot to an yeah.
1: automobile and back right right
0: exactly exactly <laughs> all right uh does this uh you know million dollar project have a code
1: name it does from what constantine told me the code name is carvy <laughs> uh-huh. oh. wow uh
0: Hey, Mark, do you think, I mean, the name's a little, uh, you know, maybe on the nose, a little similar to Harvey. Hmm. Uh, is Constantine trying to figure out a replacement for Harvey and
1: like some sort of a form of revenge? Alan, you know, it's really hard to tell. You know as well as I do that with project code names, oftentimes just blue, they mean nothing. So it is it is impossible for us to really know. that There'll be a mystery. Wow. Yeah. Well, we'll have to keep our ears to the ground and, uh, you know,
0: see what happens. <laughs> yeah, agreed. Mark speaking of project code names do you remember our secret code name for the podcast when we were trying to you know still keep it on the dl um remind me it was uh that podcast about the parks and recreation show that was a code name
1: Oh. Yeah, it oh, wasn't a very good code name. I just thought that was a drunk email. Was that was that your first suggestion? That's, I think it was. I mean, it's a, I don't know if it would fit on well, a letterhead. And there may have been alcohol, involved. I'm just yeah, saying. Yeah. yeah.
0: Hey, Mark, I think we've veered off the topic. <laughs> Let's talk about today's episode. Yes, please. All right. Well, folks, we're here to talk about uh, episode 16 from season four, Sweet 16. Yeah. This uh, this dude had a runtime of 21 minutes and 34 seconds. It mm-hmm. was a standard edition episode. No producer's cut. Uh, Mark, you may remember, uh, you know, at the end uh, uh the deal, of our episode last week, we talked a little bit about- uh, Is that the, the fa- ending? Th- that's called the ending. Uh, yeah. Okay. It's one of them Frenchy words. I endings. don't know things. Yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. You're, you're like French Canadian or American. Uh, no, back bacon and something. I don't know. I'm all those things and better. <laughs> all right. <fine laughs> yeah. Up. Yeah. Well, anyway, we had, uh, we had proffered that maybe there had been no producer's cuts in season four at all. I don't think there was. No. Incorrect. Yeah. There was one. It was season uh, episode six from season four, huh? End of the World. Get out of here. I had a producer's cut and a good episode, but maybe, maybe the fact that we, you know, it wasn't as great as some of the episodes from season three. And we've had fewer of them in general. Maybe we just forgot. Why did I not remember that? I don't know. but my, my research team got back to me and that's what they found. Well, thank
1: God you have a research team. I know.
0: Yeah. A vast number of them out
1: researching all the time. I have a case of Diet Coke and it's not nearly as effective. So well done. <laughs> well, that, that is interesting. I yeah. had forgotten that. I, I pay them about as much as the cost of a, diet, a case of Diet Coke. <laughs> but so. you're saying in entire season four. We've only had that one, one so far. So that's far. been beyond a typical standard yeah. size episode. And spoiler alert. I think there's one more.
0: And wow. all season four. Yeah. Isn't Interesting. That crazy? Yeah. Anyway. Well, speaking of uh, season four in today's episode, this yeah. episode was directed by Mike Schur. Oh. This is the fourth of eight that Mike directed. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, he was a writer on 18 and, of course, uh, executive producer and all of them. as Right. right. Uh, today's episode was written by our buddy Norm Hiscock.
1: Oh, we uh, like him.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I get a chance to talk to Norm about this episode, and he sent me some comments. So thank you, Norm, for doing that. Awesome, yeah, wonderful of oh, you. And holy uh, cow, we'll share some of those
1: at the wrap up of the episode. Oh, I can't wait to
0: hear. I think it's going to shed some light on the mystery of what the what with this whole well, one of these plot lines.
1: Okay, I'm all for what the what. Yeah,
0: me too. So look at my bio. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh for Norm, this was the seventh of ten episodes that he ultimately got the writing credit for. Mm. And uh he was that uh, I think a consulting producer was his title on 90 episodes. That counts. Uh, although I think he did eventually become an, a, a maybe a producer as well, beyond uh, this only in season one was he the uh, heavily involved. Yeah, very involved. Yeah, 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 yeah. Funny guy and glad to see Absolutely. him Absolutely, for sure. Yeah. Well, Mark hey, why don't you get us into our synopsises
1: and uh, we can tell people what this episode's about? Oh, I thought you would never ask. All right. Well, I broke this sucker down into three stories. Correct. No, okay. <laughs> yeah, sorry. The
0: sound effects <laughs> guys
1: asleep today. So. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Do your guy. job, buddy. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, the, so I have my A story entitled Campaign Leslie versus Parks Leslie. It's not my most creative, but it, it gets the job done. Mark,
0: Mark, that's functional is what that is. That is
1: entirely functional. So here we go. With Leslie's campaign eating up more and more of her time, Ron asks her to take a leave of absence. Leslie denies she is too busy, But at the same time, she's horrified to find out she forgot Jerry's birthday since 64 year old Jerry. Jerry's birthday is on February 29th. He's really only had 16 actual birthdays. And so Leslie plans to throw Jerry a surprise sweet 16 party with Donna reluctantly agreeing to hold the party at her lake house. Despite being busy with campaign stuff, Leslie still manages to arrange the perfect party for Jerry dot, 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 except she was so busy she forgot to invite Jerry. <laughs> Leslie and Ron drive back to get Jerry. But along the way, Leslie learns her campaign signs may have been printed wrong. Oh, what will happen? What exactly is wrong with Leslie's campaign signs? Can Ron ever convince Leslie to take a sabbatical? Do Leslie and Ron find Jerry? And if so, where? Stay tuned to find out. Dot dot dot.
0: Nice job, Mark. Right. I I uh, I titled my A story. Leslie says nope to a sabbatical.
1: I need to hire your writers. Yeah. They're they're much better than that mine. That one was pretty good. That this one week. was pretty good. I that vote came for yours. Strong. They Absolutely. don't always, but right. I like that one. All right. Well, my B story then I entitled. Haverkins, a love story or tragedy? I know the answer. <laughs> bing, bing, bing. Yep, yep, yep. All right. Anne refuses to wear a Kangle cap that Tom got her, making him huh. realize they don't share the same fashion sense.
2: Oh. Huh? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Sorry, I was clearing my throat. Uh, it's surprising. Uh. Um, at Donna's Lake House, which we mentioned from the A story. Tom finds out the R&B singer Genuine is Donna's cousin and also finds out Anne doesn't know who the bleep Genuine is, (laughs) causing Tom to seriously worry that they may have nothing in common. Huh. (laughs) Weird. During all this, Tom and Anne separately complain to a very annoyed April, the person who set them up to begin with, with each one hinting that maybe they're contemplating they could maybe break up with the other. Mm. How will this turn out? How does April deal with Ann and Tom's constant complaining? Can April encourage them to take the final step and break up? What is the oh no no list? Stick around podcast viewers. All will be revealed dot dot dot. Very nice. Uh, What was your title for that one again? The title was. Haverkins, a uh, love story or tragedy,
0: with a question mark at the end. Yeah, I love it. That's right. terrific. My, mine's a little different. Uh, I took it from a different POV. Same storyline. Yeah, but mine's called April's Lament. Or, or is it? That's pretty known, good. Yeah. Or as it was known in South Korea, Anne and Tom are lame. <laughs> okay. <laughs> they, they didn't have a word for lament, so uh, well, they had to change it up a little bit. That that you know what that
1: works. Yeah, we yeah. count that. Mark, uh, tell me about your your third uh, and final story there. Oh, boy, will I? All right. So my C story is entitled. Hold on. <clears throat> my C story is Uh-oh. entitled. Ick bin on three legged dog. <laughs> it's a little bit, bit John F. Kennedy there. Isn't that is not bad? This, it's you know, as good as Chris's. It's like it's, yeah, it's, it's great. <laughs> All right. So Ick bin on three legged dog. All right. Andy visits Chris in his office to pick up champion since Chris watched after him for April and Andy while they were gone. While Chris took care of champion, he took him to pet smart and he got him toys and he got him shots and he got him groomed and he got him plenty of exercise and also taught him numerous tricks. And all this kind of combines to make Andy feel a little insecure and ad- inadequate um, as champions dog owner at Donna's lake house referenced in the a story. While walking Champion, Andy lets Champion off his lease despite despite Chris's protests, and he runs away. Chris and Andy are forced to look for the dog, and Andy now feels more inadequate than ever, concerned that he's maybe a bad dog owner. What will happen? Can Andy imitate Chris's German commands to Champion? Will Andy and Chris ever find champion or will he be lost forever? Is there some hidden meaning behind Chris's doting on champion so much? Hang in there, true believers. Only time will tell dot, dot, dot.
0: Very nice, Mark. Uh, well, you, you know, do bist and all of that stuff. But yeah. uh, my 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 title of that storyline was a uh, champion of Chris's heart.
1: Oh, yeah. sweet.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah. So nice anyway. job. Yeah. I like
1: those. Hey, uh, Mark, why don't we do our AKAs and then we'll get into the breakdown. We'll do. All right. Well, I know the rules, man. You can't sneak anything past me. So I did one AKA per storyline. Nice. Yeah, 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 yeah. So from the A storyline, uh, the, the, the the AKA comes from Donna. And once again, Alan, you know our AKAs they're meant to to inform the people at NBC who maybe are not quite as clearly talented as no, we are at really. naming these things. Yeah. So you know, NBC sixteen is not bad. Sweet sixteen is not bad, but this, this, ours is are going to be so much better. Yeah. They always yeah. are. All right. So my AKA from Donna, mm. the Meagles are a cold people, <laughs> <laughs> which really made me chuckle. And that will make her more. delivery was excellent too. It was, yeah. And that'll make more context. You know, of course, when we hear. Sure. All right. That was from the A story. From the B, B gonna story. Going to make more context. <laughs> yeah, you just make it with Nestle quick. Um, <laughs> so from the B story. You have the Tom, mm. and then you know we alluded to him, he gave Anne this ridiculous tangle yeah. uh, oh, hat, no. hat there, and he goes, "Nobody owns me, cupcake, not even you." Nice, yeah, yeah. Um And then from the C story, Ichbinoy three, I won't do it. So <laughs> it's from Andy and yeah. and when he hears about all these awesome things that Chris did for oh, no. champion when he was watching him he and, and he's sort of like he, he's he's got a lot of exercise and he's doing great and he's yeah. healthier than ever yeah. and Andy gets disproportionately excited sweet stupid Andy yeah. and said wait did his leg grow back nice <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> How about you, man? Uh, that's a good one because that was also mine
0: for that storyline. Wow! Yeah. All so right, nice job. Okay, but where we differed were on that, you know, the the A story and the the B story. All apparently, right. so uh, uh, my my A story, aka, was uh, you know, uh, let's just say the Leslie's plans may not go completely to plan, right? And uh, she winds up in an interesting circumstance where she has to say and try to mean it. Morning surprise parties are always the best. <laughs> Wow. All right. (laughs) I'll see if I believe her. You keep saying that, Leslie. Yeah. yeah. Uh, And then uh, from the the B storyline there, uh, and I thought we were going to tie on two of these, Mark, Mm. because it's the same exact dialogue exchange between Tom and Ann with the Kenga
2: hats. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Ann says to Tom, Mm
2: -hmm. um,
0: you can either burn these hats in a fire or you can use a Mm blowtorch. So, yeah, I thought that was nice that either way they were going to burn
1: they're going to burn baby burn. Burn, Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. Well, good job, Mark. Hey, uh, why don't we get into the breakdown here real quick? And I I think this week I'll kick us off and talk about our cold open. I want to set the scene a little bit because I think we're going to play this clip because it's, it's so manic and crazy. So I just wanted to set it up very briefly. Yeah. So it's, you know, it's the morning, uh, the, the gangs at the office and, uh, Leslie is really working very hard to uh, create, uh, you know, separation of concern compartmentalize. and compartmentalize her right, life. Right, right, right. Campaign here, and office here, <laughs> and 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 therefore they must stay separated. Right. Uh, and so she's going to drag the team around to try to make this happen in a very crazy, manic way. And uh, well, let's just play this cold open for it. Yeah, go for it.
3: Morning. Hey. Hey, can you approve this new design for the campaign poster? Oh, and you beautiful, rule-breaking moth. You know we can't talk about my campaign in here. Seriously? It's a yes or no question. When you're running for office, there are like a million rules of what you can and cannot do. Yes. And because I work for the government, I am not allowed to do anything campaign-related inside a government building. Boss, I need your Herbie Hancock on this. Outside. (laughs) It's kind of a pain in the ass, but it's great exercise but it's a pain in the ass.
2: So Pert Happily wants to do Thursday now.
3: Fine. Did you finish the maintenance report? I did not finish it, but I will finish it. So wait, what was your question the again? The slogan? Okay, can I just come out there so we can talk about everything? No, April, I need to keep my work separate, okay? Just think of it like a fun game. Yeah. Parks is inside, campaign is outside. Parks is inside, campaign's outside. Ooh, you know what would make it more fun? What? Oh my God, this.
2: <gasps> oh.
1: <laughs> April! <laughs> he just shut her right out of that building. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Locked out. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Well, there you have it, Mark. Yeah. I like it. So yeah. if I, if I followed it, yeah. her, 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 plan here is inside the building is parks. Yeah. Outside is campaign. Yeah. Yeah. All right. You got it. All right. That's tough to follow. Yeah. All right. Let's see how that goes. I'll write that down. Yeah. Yep. Cause
0: apparently starting this week, it started to matter to her. Mm. Anyway, I'll talk more about that later. <laughs>
1: okay (laughs) i like it
0: well mark from there we move over to ron's office and uh following the cold open we learn that ron is clearly not up on the latest fashion trends and that leslie is a little too busy with job and campaign to even change her own clothes
1: (laughs) yeah yeah that's actually really funny um yeah, we have Leslie sitting in Ron's office with him, and Ron has become increasingly concerned about Leslie's growing involvement with her political campaign while still maintaining her standard, uh, Leslie, nope level of involvement with her job at the Parks Department, which is, of course, above and beyond, as always. As you would expect from Leslie. And, and yeah, and Ron makes a few points to Leslie. A, she is currently working 50 hours a week there at the Parks Department and 50 hours a week on the campaign. (laughs) B, things are falling through the cracks. So, for example, she's a month behind on everything. She forgot to file the weekly parks maintenance report, which she never forgets. C, She's now worn the same sweater four days in a row, many of those days with a lollipop stuck to the back. And D. Mark, that's just called lollipop. It's a new thing. Is that what it is? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Uh Okay, she's up with the trans Uh and Ron is not. And then D, to kind of summarize all these other A through C points, D. She needs to take in Ron's opinion. She needs to take a leave of absence from the department. She needs to take a sabbatical. And Leslie listens and then she makes a few points to Ron. <laughs> a, she will not take a sabbatical and they will never discuss this again. Oh, that's it. So she makes a point A, a point. Yeah. She makes A point to Ron and then exits leaving a frustrated Ron in his office alone.
0: I love it. Um, Mark, the one thing that we missed there a little bit, and this is almost the source of my AKA for this plot line, but it was just way too wordy. You know, she's, she's really, you know, uh, fighting Ron on this saying, Look, I've got plenty of time to spare. I'm also volunteering. I'm also volunteering for wheels for meals on wheels. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and Ron just gives her this look and she has to explain it. Look, we, we repair vans for Meals on Wheels. That's brilliant. I love it. I love it. So I, I did not uh, think to ask Norm whose joke that was, but I'm going to assume it says I like it. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. Very funny.
0: Well, Mark, from there, we're in Ann's office and for the second week in a row, Tom is, well, being Tom mm-hmm. and he can't seem to understand why he and Ann are not on the same page. Uh, you know, his, his book is called Tommy's Playbook apparently <laughs> holy crap yeah
1: um yeah tom is standing in the doorway to ann's office and he's holding a white hat box he finally gives it to her after a little swagger and dazzle which <laughs> i might point out has an acronym of sad um she opens it and takes out a kangol hat with the words tommy's girl printed on it and then she mugs to the camera because zoiks no good and he pulls out a similar kangol hat and puts it on his head his just says tom Not amused, Ann tells him to destroy the hats. Tom suggests they put on the hats and nothing else. Don't say it. Brown chicken, brown cow. And Ann throws the hat in his face, clearly not pleased. She should So then we quickly cut to April's desk where Tom is now apparently venting to April about what just happened with Ann. How could she not like them? It's like everything he does with her is wrong, blah, blah, blah. And April pretty much just wants to be left out of it.
0: Well, Mark, these are the same hats that Samuel L. Jackson wore on the Latin Grammys. What is wrong with her? I know. I know. I mean, that's why I own three. I know. What does she
1: want? Can I borrow one? Yeah. All right. Yeah. It just says podcast guy. I left mine in the store. Oh, yeah. That's where it belongs.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, Mark, over in Chris's office, we learned that in addition to his many other interests,
1: Chris now has an interest in dog sitting. Yup. He certainly does. Yeah, we see Chris sitting at a table in his office. It looks like he's doing some work and and Champion, the three legged dog, is sitting at his side. So Andy knocks on the open door and he comes into the office. He greets Champion and thanks Chris. And apparently April and Andy went away for the night and they asked Chris to look after Champion. And in typical Chris fashion, he was delighted and excited to watch Champion and took him to PetSmart and got him various toys and got him shots and got him groomed and gave him plenty of exercise and taught him German commands all (laughs) in one day. Day, mind you uh-huh. so this is typical chris yeah. the microchip traeger acting here chris seems a little concerned that andy's i'm i struggle for the right word i'll use the word lax andy's lax lifestyle may not meh, give champion the chance to the chance to flourish that chris would uh hope for him uh in chris's own words he's a mutt half amazing half terrific <laughs> <laughs> also, in Chris's own words, "Ich ben Ein three legged dog. Cause he, yeah, there's the title there. That's nice. Yep.
0: Well, you know, he, he does warn Andy that dogs tend to take on the personalities of their owners. So if you know, if you sit on the couch all day watching cartoons and eating nothing but Cheetos, that's what he's going to want to do. <laughs> <laughs> and Andy goes, Who wouldn't? That sounds like an amazing, amazing. day. Amazing.
1: <laughs> I mean, I got to be honest, Mark, it, it appeals to me. I would like to know what list I need to sign up on because I want my turn. All I'm saying is the second this podcast is over, I've seen my future. Yeah. Yeah. My fingers may already be orange. I'm just saying.
0: (laughs) Is that why you're licking them?
1: That's weird. No, actually.
0: Oh. Oh. Anyway, um, over in the bullpen, uh, Jerry arrives and we realize that, you know, in addition to Ron, Jerry is also struggling with high fashion and, uh, you know, We see the first cracks in Leslie's do-it-all foundation are starting to show.
1: That's right. So it's early morning at City Hall and we see Jerry arrive and he tells everyone good morning and he's wearing a very... Oh, searching for a word. Interesting. Busy? Let's let's say interesting. It's interesting is, is, is very busy. It's kind of a loud, busy print, you know. And, and he tells. It's a
0: European cut, too. Doesn't doesn't flatter
1: Jerry. Yeah, it doesn't. Mm-mm. And um, he tells the gang that Gail, his, his wife, uh, got him the shirt for his birthday yesterday. And Leslie. <gasps> Is horrified to realize that she forgot Jerry's birthday, mm. which we learn by the by is February 29th. Um, but in typical Jerry fashion, he smiles and says, no, 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 it's, it's OK. It's, it's a tough birthday to remember. Don't you know, he doesn't make a big deal out of it. He's very gracious like that. Leslie, however, views birthdays as very important and she's still upset. Ron takes this opportunity <laughs> to comment to Leslie. Hmm. I guess it just slip through the cracks, looking at her meaningfully, which kind of irritates Leslie. Yes, I guess it
0: did. <laughs> she <says>. Yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> I love that. Yeah.
0: Well, and then I, I think, you know, in order to to fix this, her brain is clearly spinning and she's going to make up this little bit of a crazy thing <laughs> to, to get Jerry out of the room so she can figure this out. And she says, uh, hey, Jerry, uh, I need you to do some fecal contamination testing at the reservoir. Ooh. Now? Yes, yeah, seems like he's standing around. She's
1: like Jerry. What are you still doing here? Our water has poop in it. And he says, uh, "Well, can I at least grab the gloves?" <laughs> no, water has poop. Go. It's like, oh my god, it's a real <laughs> emergency. Rugs. You know what? You know what? I really like Jerry. Has uh, one of uh, rare Jerry talking head. Yeah. In, in this scene. And he and he's explaining like this is what I we once every four years I get a real birthday on account. Of right. it. It's February 29th. And he's explaining like this is typically what my wife, Gail and I do. And you notice one of the things he says that they do is they split a huge piece <laughs> of cotton candy cheesecake from and I quote uh-huh. Cakey J's cheesecake factor facility facility. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do want to infringe copyright there. I don't know who they would be infringing. No, copyright on
0: cakey jays gotta love it (laughs) well mark from here we move over to the city hall conference room and uh we 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 now know from the 1980s barbie of course that math is hard Mm. and it turns out that that's also true for andy as well and leslie's pretty determined to make up for missing jerry's birthday
1: She's going to try. Yeah. So Leslie is now essentially leading a meeting in one of the conference rooms with the gang. And in this context, the gang, I believe, is April and Andy, Donna, Ron and Tom. And uh, they're talking about Jerry and his birthday. And actually, you know what, Alan, let's have Constantine play this clip. I think that's a terrific idea. Yep.
3: Now, Jerry is turning 64 this year. He's
1: only
0: 64?
3: 64 <laughs> divided by 4 is... 64. So we're going to throw him a 16 surprise party. It's going to be very special. The usual? Cake and pop? No, April, the unusual. Fish and pop. Uh. No. Uh. Cake and fish? Uh. No, no fish. Jerry <laughs> only gets a real birthday every four years. And four years from now, who knows? He might be retired or dead? Let's start a pool. Who wants retired? Who wants dead? Dead. No. I got one dead. No. (laughs) You need to take that? No. The campaign can wait, because this is official parks business. Donna, can we use your lake house? How'd you know about that? My family has a lake house up in the foothills, but we keep it quiet. We're not big on hospitality. Mm -mm. (laughs) The Miggles are a cold people. (laughs) Can we use your house? I suppose bring your own towels
0: mark i don't remember I, I mean i've i just grew up here in indiana mm-hmm. um so you man, say like a couple of decades maybe five mm-hmm. i'm just saying i've never been to the foothills of indiana do you know where those are they're by the hills oh because you got oh i get it now i, I was looking in a flat place that's my fault try to keep up yeah apparently yeah Well, Mark, we move over to the Meagle Lake House, and uh, we learn quickly that Donna has not only been keeping her family's lake house a secret, but that
1: she has a few other secrets as well. We cut to a brief outside shot of a beautiful lake house, you know, in the foothills of Indiana, as you will um and it's next to a gorgeous lake with canoes surrounded by lush forest i think i saw ron paddling a canoe out front very very briefly if i'm not mistaken i'm going uh, to mention that later there's a detail about that that's very important oh really yeah i'll oh, put in our fun facts but oh, please so then we cut inside to join the gang just arriving and the gang is very complimentary to Don because it's a beautiful, beautiful lake house. Oh, I, I'd be there in a heartbeat. Mm. And Donna remains somewhat strict and strict and cold. You know, the meagles are cold people. They are. And, and, but she remains strict and cold regarding their expected behavior while they're giving them all a copy of the house rules and telling them to stay away from the hot tub, you know, among other things. Tom is particularly taken with various memorabilia regarding the R&B singer Genuine, including his platinum record and a picture of him and Donna together. And Donna finally admits, maybe even a little bit smugly. Oh, have I not mentioned this? Genuine (laughs) is my cousin, Tom. Huh? (laughs) He's amazed and he's super, super excited about this. Like, how did I not know this? How did I not know this? I can't believe it. I can't believe it. And Anne innocently asks, who's Genuine? Uh, Tom nearly faints in surprise and disappointment. (laughs) And the scene ends with a talking head from Tom where he fills us in on what he calls his Oh no, no list, which is basically things that can end a relationship for him. And it seems like Anne is dancing perilously close to his Oh no, no's. You know, Mark, I find it very
0: interesting and I'm sure we'll talk more about this at the end with regard to the whole Anne and Tom storyline. But um, for a guy like, tom to have an oh no no list um i i think it'd be far more appropriate for and to have one and a guy like tom be on it
1: that would be like me giving genuine singing lessons yeah or like, advice on how to sing better or really advice on anything, anything. I, I don't know yeah. much yeah because he's,
0: he's genuine
1: yeah i which, know he's genuine which if you look at how it's
0: spelled it's gin and wine i love yeah. that yeah yeah. Perfect. yeah perfect yeah it's it's inspired mark No, it really happened. (laughs) Wow. Hey, well, while everyone else is upstairs talking about Genuine and Donna's house rules, of course,
1: Chris and Andy and Champion are talking another language. Literally. (laughs) I think that both Chris and Andy had just arrived at the Meagle Lake house and and Andy has Champion in tow and, and Chris comes up to greet them, particularly Champion who he seems very attached to. And and good-naturedly, Chris offers to demonstrate what he taught Champion while he was watching him. And he issues a series of commands in German, prompting Champion to A, bark on command, B, lay down, and C, get back up. And Andy seems maybe a little bothered by this like maybe he seems a little insecure and then he tries to play it cool you know he insisting yeah but this you know german uh, d- d- stuff that anybody can do that and andy tries to imitate chris speaking fake garbage german uh to, to champion but champion just kind of stares at him and does nothing i, I love his uh <laughs> he just like toxic merkel chicken well, chess t- 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 t-
0: What's a Merkel? Uh, she's the chancellor of Germany.
1: Yeah, I don't know. That's that's a not command. This is no,
0: not charge. so much. Yeah. I, I took uh, five years of German and I, I, I guess I get a little bit of schooling on this one. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, continuing at the Meagle Lake House and upstairs, Leslie seems like she totally has the sitch under control. And when she realizes that she did forget in one important detail, uh,
1: she hops in the car with Ron to set things straight. Oh, holy cow. We see Leslie at the lake house and she's talking on her phone while with someone related to the campaign, so she's yeah. dealing with campaign stuff. Yeah, and, she's and, got that hat on. For and, the moment. and and all the while she's got a like you know how in checkers you can get kinged and you put a, a one thing on top of the other thing. Boy, so do she's I. got a second hat, kind of like checkered on top of her campaign yeah. hat, and that hat is giving directions to Ben as he's hanging decorations for Jerry's <laughs> party. So she clearly can do both at the same she time. She can multitask. No, she can do it all. And, and and via talking head, Leslie is bragging to us that she look at the, on account of my two hats here. Mm-hmm. Maybe Mister. Uh, ron swanson needs to eat crow you know mm-hmm. on account of i can do it and then everything at the party is finally ready and everything looks amazing and leslie asks when jerry will arrive crickets crickets and then when leslie insists no 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 someone had to invite jerry crickets crickets and then she realizes oh crap it was me i forgot to invite jerry We then cut to Leslie driving her and Ron in the Leslie-mobile, clearly going to get Jerry and bring him to the party. And Ron once again takes this opportunity to tell Leslie, you need to take a sabbatical. And Leslie once again refuses, telling Ron, I have a prediction, Ron. By the end of the night, you're going to take a bite of Jerry's cake, which incidentally we need to pick up on the way home. And you're going to say, sabbatical, shemabatical." Leslie can do it all. She's the best and I'm stupid. And Ron, wait, <laughs> Ron waits a few beats and says in a very deadpan manner,
2: that does sound like me.
1: <laughs> I love it. Uh, uh,
0: she says, I'm not taking a sabbatical. Is this because I forgot to invite Jerry to his own birthday party? I know. Ron, it, it did seem like an oversight. <laughs> Just a small one. Love it. Meanwhile, back to the other theme of this episode, Mark, which mm-hmm. clearly seems to be about numbers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we find that another thing about Anne
1: and Tom that in which they cannot agree. Oh man, I, that list is so long. I can't even see the end of it. But yeah, so at the lake house, Tom is sitting at a table close to Anne, and he starts asking her questions about minimum acceptable <clears throat> thread count for sheets. And does not really care. No. And and actually, she tells Tom, (laughs) I have those cotton t-shirt sheets. Huh? (laughs) (laughs) Tom is horrified and dismayed at this information. Uh. I think that this may be on his oh no no list. And then we cut to Tom <laughs> immediately, just like before with oh, the yeah. Kangol hat. Yeah. We cut immediately outside to Tom. In this case, he's outside on the deck with April. And and she does not look pleased to be there, by the way. And Tom is venting to her again about all the things about Anne that make his oh no, no list, saying he may have to break up with her, but she's my dream girl, but she hates everything I like. <laughs> April seems very, very annoyed. And despite the fact that arguably she set them up in the first place, she does not want to be part of either Tom or Ann venting about the relationship. Thankfully, yeah, she remembered that alcohol existed. Thank you, alcohol. <laughs> <laughs>
0: uh, I, this starts off with, uh, you know, him referring to uh, the Fast and Furious, of course. She's never seen a single Paul Walker movie. That's a huge oh no no. She doesn't care about Blu-ray. She's
1: a monster. There there are a few uh funny moments throughout some of this typically tom especially if he's pimping tom can kind of get on my nerves but i admit it i did chuckle a little bit when he gets the the reveal about Anne having the cotton t-shirt sheets yeah. and he there's a very very brief talking <laughs> head and he just kind of shakes his head he's looking at the camera and he says it's always the most beautiful ladies who hurt you, you the worst god that's a little funny no. there's
0: definitely humor in there that's for sure yeah and Norm actually commented on that. So we'll, we'll, we'll talk about that in a bit. Oh, I can't wait. Well, at Jerry's house, Leslie and Ron walk in to find that the door is open. Mm-hmm. Jerry is nowhere to be found. Oh, no. Oh, and no. then they see something horrible. Oh, no. And then naked Jerry gets dressed and they leave. <laughs>
1: <laughs> we'll bury the lead here. OK, so <laughs> let's 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 walk through this. Let's do it, Mark. Leslie and Ron arrived at Jerry's home, and Leslie knocks on the door, calling his name, Jerry, Jerry, but no one answers. And Leslie cautiously tries the front door and finds that it is open. She glances at Ron, shrugs, and slowly steps into Jerry's house, calling his name. Finally, they hear Jerry say, come on in. Locating the door where Jerry is, Leslie and Ron open it to find a bathroom. And Jerry, naked in the bathtub, waiting for his wife, Gail, LOL. God for suds. LOL and yuck. Yeah. (laughs) And one very phallic candle. (laughs) I was hoping we wouldn't talk about that. No, we're going (laughs) to. So then, when Jerry asks why they are in his bathroom, Ron grins. Yes, Leslie.
2: What are we doing in Jerry's bathroom? Well,
1: Leslie makes up a story on the spot about a parks emergency that only Jerry can help them solve. So they need to get going. And as anxious as as anxious as Leslie is to get going, Ron assures Jerry, there is time to get dressed. Please do. So, you know, and then guides Leslie out of the bathroom. And then we cut to Leslie driving her, Ron and Jerry in the Leslie mobile, ostensibly to take them back to Jerry's surprise party. But unfortunately, as Leslie drives down a street, I think they're still in Jerry's neighborhood. And she notices one of her uh, campaign signs in a yard. And instead of the desired graphic, it simply displays the Internet link itself, e.g. letters, numbers, slashes, etc. Dismayed that her campaign signs are screwed up, she comments that now I got to deal with this. When Jerry asks about the parks emergency, Ron pretty much says, you know, don't worry, Leslie will deal with this and the emergency. <laughs> right, Leslie? And Leslie just shooting daggers at Ron <laughs> at this point. Yes. Yes, I will deal with it with a plum. <laughs> uh, I think that the cracks are spreading. What do you think? I think I see many more in the foundation.
0: Yup. Yep. Well, back at the Meagle Lake house, April is realizing that she may need more than one bottle of wine if Ann and Tom are going to keep up. With this nonsense.
1: Oh my gosh. April is downing yet another glass of booze while Anne vents to her again about Tom. And a drunk April lets slip that Anne's frustration soon won't matter. Dot, dot, dot. Mm. Leading Anne to ask April what the hell that means. Dot, dot, dot. And then correctly deducing that Tom told April he was going to break up with her. Dot, dot, dot. And then Anne stubbornly saying, no, 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 no. That's not how this ends. I break up with him. Dot, dot, dot. And then Anne storms off to deal with Tom. Dot, dot, dot. And then April decides to celebrate dot, dot, dot with another drink. <laughs> I see where this is headed. Yeah. Yeah. Dot, it's dot, called uh, Boozville. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> <laughs> yes, it is.
0: Well, Mark, while April is stuck counseling the lovers, Champion is not heeding
1: Andy and Andy is not heeding Chris. Yeah, this is a really weird Russian nesting doll situation. It's never going to work out like <laughs> this. That. So we see Andy and Champion alone in the forest, at least at first. Andy is taking Champion for a walk. Champion is trying to run. He's kind of pulling on the leash and Andy tells him, all right, all right, right, I'll take you off your leash. And he gets down on one knee and he starts to take off his leash. When all of a sudden out of nowhere, Chris appears, Andy. What the beep, Dude. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Where did you come from? It's like he just materialized. He did, yeah. And Chris mentions that with unfamiliar terrain and strange smells, he really thinks Champion should stay on his leash. Yeah. And he tells Chris, leashes are just for dogs yeah. that bite people and lets Champion off his leash. That's not um, true. Uh, non-surprisingly, Champion runs away and is soon completely out of sight.
0: <laughs> that dog can move fast for a dog with three legs. I know. He's booking. Mark, speaking of Russian nesting dolls, I've mm-hmm. been meaning to ask you. Mm-hmm. And of course, our tie into that being Amy Poehler.
1: Mm-hmm. Have
0: you been watching R- Russian Doll on Netflix? Russian
1: nesting, or this is Russ? They Russian not doll, Yeah, uh, the nesting's uh, silent. I I saw. I remember that I saw the entire first season. Yeah, and I really liked it. Yeah, me too. It's it's got uh, the actress that was from Orange Is the New Black. Yes, I, I, I forget her name. Um, but anyway, I, it's I like Natasha Lyonne. That that's the one, yep. and she's very very good, yep. and I found it very. Interesting. It was long enough ago that I've kind of forgotten the plot a little bit, but I'm aware the second season just came out, and I'm gonna pounce on it.
0: Yeah, the the first season, uh, not much of a spoiler. I think you can see this in the trailer. She dies all the time over and over. What ultimately meets a dude who's kind of having the same thing happen to him. I need to rewatch this. Yeah. Well, I've watched season. I've started to watch season two. It's different, but they're both impacted by some sort of weird little loop. That's a little different. That's all I'm going to say about it. I think it's I'm just getting into it. Do
1: they both complain to April about how they keep dying? That's what it has in common with this episode. I need booze. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, though, in all seriousness, I I love the series and I can't wait to watch season two. Yeah, Yeah. I'm I'm just getting into
0: it. We'll have to compare notes later in the
1: season. Yep. Yeah.
0: Well, Mark, uh, we're we're next. We're at some uh, business, <laughs> and uh, Leslie, Ron, and Jerry make their way back, and they decide to briefly experiment with Scientology. Oh, wait, no, something like that.
1: Where are we? You know, uh, Alan, the, the, our our viewers. I really wish they were because if they were, they could see me shaking my yeah. head because this is. One of the instances where the writing is so brilliant, it physically hurts me. It's pretty good. The name of this business, which (laughs) is the business that Leslie used to print out her campaign signs is sign dash (laughs) tologist. Brilliant. I love it. (laughs) Oh, oh, I just want to just. mm. All right. So they're at Scientologist. Chuckle, chuckle. Ron is gleefully holding Exhibit A, the incorrect yard sign. Yeah. Leslie is yelling at Scientologist employee Walter Fungerson, hashtag fun with names, Love it. telling him these signs are obviously wrong. Walter stoically tells Leslie, see right here in the order form, it says, and then he proceeds to read the entire Internet link one character at a time. Oh, when he's finally done, Leslie says, um, yes, but using basic logic and human intelligence, one can surmise this is a freaking link to an image. See, look, and then Leslie grabs Walter Fungerson's uh, computer, highly against protocol, and then shows Walter the image that the link l- leads to. And Walter <laughs> looks at it and says, well, that's a good
2: sign. You should have used that.
1: <laughs> Leslie looks frustrated at Walter Ron grins gleefully at Leslie wow. and Jerry just kind of looks on nonplussed there it is on the preview monitor uh mark um oh yeah yeah the look on ron's face
0: during this whole scene is is worth
1: the scene itself i i think that i had commented and you had too yeah. that one of our favorite rons is giddy ron oh yeah cuz you don't see it all the time yeah this is a variant of giddy ron right smug it, smug, smug i ron? told you so ron oh you know what yeah yeah but but yeah it comes off giddy it <laughs> it has an element of giddiness to it it sure does yeah, yeah. yeah.
0: he's enjoying this oh my gosh yeah. yes Yeah. Mark, it's interesting. I know you and I are a little more computer nerdy than we'd like to admit sometimes, but you are what's printed. That's fair. What's (laughs) printed on the sign would actually never work in real life. I'll just tell you that.
1: No. Yeah, no.
0: Now what he says out loud is a real website though. And I hit it. I tried it. NBC let it expire. It actually worked at one point. It was very dumb frustrating. Things. I know it. I don't know what's wrong with
1: that. I did notice that. I honestly I was nerdy enough to kinda of go, now what is he reading off? It was a little different from what I was It was different and it,
0: it actually is a if a correctly formatted uh, URL, the URL. Market. Yeah. <laughs> that's in real life, right? In real life, yeah. That's what the kids say. Oh, awesome. Yeah. Mark back at the Meagle Lake house, Anne and Tom continue to fight over. Well, I'm not sure what I, that I really care anymore, frankly. And um, April has passed the point of no return and needs a nap.
1: Anne, Tom and April are off in a room together. Tom and Anne are standing, laying into each other. They're like full on fighting. April is sitting on the couch. April is very drunk. Alan, let's have Constantine play this clip. <laughs> I think that's a great idea.
3: You told April you were breaking up with me? Mm. And we consistently disagree on who wore it best. You still <laughs> use an iPad 1. You read books all the time. Oh, OK. Horrible. How about my own no-nos for you? Yeah. You make me see terrible movies, and then you talk through them. Yeah. You put 20-inch rims on your Volkswagen <laughs> Golf. Yeah. And you insist on being introduced as the brown gosling. Oh my Everything mm-hmm. you just said makes me like me more. I can't take it anymore, okay? I'm breaking you up. You guys are done. Fine. fine. with me. Fine. Oh, oh April. Just I'm drunk. Stole. You made me drunk. <laughs> you made me drunk. And you. <laughs> no, no. Give it a rest. Uh, I need it. Okay. Fine. Let's get you to bed. <laughs> you know, why are you guys even fighting anyway? It's so stupid. I hate him because of this stupid reason. and I hate Tom for this stupid reason. Who cares?
0: Yeah, if only she had been quiet there at the end.
2: <laughs> Alan, was it just me or was that
1: little wrestling match that the three of them had trying to get the bottle uh-huh. of booze away from April? Uh-huh. Did you have a little flashback to season two episode yes. 10 camping trip yes. when Anne and Leslie were trying to wrestle with Ron's mustache? <laughs> So good. Get yeah. him down. Good physical comedy. <laughs> well, April does a great job
0: there. Aubrey Plaza. Does, oh yeah. When she talks directly to the bottle and just, you and you come here, <laughs> come here. Uh, no, come I Come here, it. you tall drink. <laughs> oh wait, it is. Uh, that's weird. Back at the car, Leslie is trying to convince everyone, including herself, that it will all turn out fine and we will make it back to the surprise
1: party just in time. Kind of. It's fine. It's all good. I've heard it's fine. Yeah. It's going to be fine. That's what I'm sticking with. I'm hoping it's fine. All right. Leslie's pulled over on the side of a neighborhood street with Ron and Jerry. The sun is still shining at this point. So we know it's somewhere in the middle of the day, at least at this point in the story, or at least early evening. Leslie appears to have gotten all her campaign signs correctly printed out. Oh, my gosh. And is now in the process of replacing them in every Mm -hmm. single person's yard one at a time and we see Leslie running from yard to yard replacing sign after sign now some time has passed and we cut to Leslie driving Ron and Jerry in the Leslie mobile it is now dark out and Leslie proudly tells Ron she successfully got everything accomplished Hmm. We then cut to the Meagle Lake House, where Leslie, Ron, and Jerry are approaching, and it is now very dark. And we hear crickets. There're a lot of signs to replace. With, uh, amen, and it's like silent. So there's clearly like not a lot of activity going on. <laughs> Jerry starts to piece it together. Finally, mm-hmm. like, hey, yeah. there is not an emergency. What is exactly going on here? No sinkhole. And 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 Leslie tells them, you know what? Hold on. Everything's going to be clear in a second. Leslie opens the door, revealing a dark room and all three step inside. And Leslie flips on a light switch and turns on the lights and yells surprise. Oh, no. What the beep? <laughs> and the camera turns to show the main room and all the decorations are still up. Oh, sure. it, it looks nice, but yeah. no one is there. And suddenly Ben shutters Ben's <laughs> there oh, Shudders awake from behind the couch, sleepily looks at the three of them and slowly mumbles surprise. <laughs> <laughs> when, when Leslie asks Ben what happened, he, he just kind of spells it out for her. He says, look, it got late. We really weren't sure if you were coming back. And now everyone's either in bed or out looking for Champion, who, by the way, Champion ran away earlier. <laughs> Leslie angrily tells Ben, "We'll wake everyone's butt up. We're not going to let this fall apart. We're going to throw Jerry an amazing sweet 16 birthday or a surprise party, no matter how agonizing it is for all us. And then <laughs> Leslie storms off. Yeah. <laughs> ben says, That's the spirit.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, back on the hunt for champion. We hear Andy improvise musically. And when we learn that not only is Chris a
1: dog whisperer, but he's also a dog whistler. Mm, There's a distinction. Yeah. They're now in the forest close to or surrounding the lake house. It's very dark. And we see Andy and Chris yelling champion's name. They're looking for champion. Alan, let's have Constantine play this clip. Uh, terrific idea. Yep.
0: Champion! Champion! Champion, come here, boy! I have an organic, gluten-free soy bone for you! Mm. Champion! <laughs> Chris, there's something I have to tell you.
2: I ate one of your soy bones. Really? <laughs> yeah, it was really good. I was going to give it to Champion, but it just it looks so yummy. The point is, I'm a terrible dog owner. And I think if we find Champion, you should keep him.
1: Oh. Andy,
2: if it
1: wasn't for you and April, Champion would still be back at the pound.
2: You gave him a home. That's
1: amazing. He's your dog. If you just call out his name, he will come to you.
0: Well, no, he won't, because I've been trying it, and it didn't work.
1: I think he likes your music.
0: (laughs) Why don't you sing to him? Really? I don't have my guitar, I usually- Come on. I
2: feel naked about it, okay. (laughs) Champion, you're lost, and soon you'll be found. I rescued you from the pound. Tell it on the floor, man, and on the ground. You know I do. Champion, champion! <laughs> hey, oh, buddy, you came back. You came back to my voice.
1: Dog whistle. (laughs) Chris saved the day with his dog whistle. Yes, he did. That was kind of sweet. I like that. He wanted Andy to feel like there is a connection there. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Well, and, and I think Andy realized the connection that Chris had with Champion as well. And that,
1: you know, who's to say he might actually be a little better off with Chris on the par. And I know that Chris has been a little excessive <laughs> with, well, with Champion, but Chris. I like this version of Chris. They, yes. they, I think they've been writing him better. I yeah. like his character more. He's on the trajectory where
0: I think we're going to really uh, root for him. Let's yes. Let's say it that way. Agreed. Yeah, absolutely. Well, back upstairs, April's still asleep when she awakens from a peaceful sleep and then begins her nightmare.
1: Oy. Yeah. Anne and Tom are trying to wake April up. And they, you know, April, wake up. Jerry's here. And April just kind of eh, on account of drunk. And 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 they keep on trying to wake her up. I'm trying to wake her up. And April finally opens her eyes and she sits up a little and she kind of looks at them blurrily. And she sees Tom and Anne standing closely together. And they're looking back at her almost like mom and dad, you know, with Tom's arm around Anne's shoulders. And she <laughs> sees this and says, why for is your arm around her shoulder? What going on here? I broke you up. And they said, well, we got back together because of what she said, specifically that, uh, although drunk, she correctly pointed out that they were arguing Mm. about stupid stuff. And so they talked it out and they each apologized. Now everything's great. And April is dismayed to hear this, to say the least. And Anne and Tom go, "Okay, we'll see you out there. You know, she's like, no, (laughs) she's not happy about it.
0: I told you she'd only just stayed quiet earlier. You Mm -hmm. know, this is on her now.
1: I can't remember if it was actually April that said no, oh, or was. if it was me. Oh, <laughs> it may have been both of us. I think it was both. Yeah.
0: Mm. I had a similar experience, Mark. Mm, yeah. yeah. I'm like, I was kind of getting excited that this might be over. Oh, thank goodness. Yeah. 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 Anyway, not, it's a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. Thanks, Boomer. Uh, the Sweet 16 party finally gets underway, yeah. and the gang are all celebrating Jerry. Well, you know, at least for a couple minutes.
1: Yep. The, the the wonder that is Jerry. Yes, Catch the yes, fever. Yeah. So now everybody's awake and champion's been found. And we now see the entire gang gathered in the main room of the lake house with Jerry celebrating his sweet 16 party. Like you said, Alan, let's have Constantine play this clip. This is a good one.
2: Oh, thanks, guys. This is really this is really great.
3: OK, I want everyone to go around and tell their favorite Jerry story. <laughs> oh, a positive one.
0: Hands go down. Yep.
3: Who's first? Jerry, today is your birthday, but it's about much more than that. It's also about Ann and I getting back together and being the hottest couple in Pawnee. Mm. I'd also like to announce our official relationship mashup name. Mm. It's Tan. Mm. (laughs) To Tan. I would like to announce that the name Tan is officially over to the end of Tan. Havrikins, it is okay, Donna. I would like to address the fact that Rule Number Seven says no pets, and yet there is a three-legged animal in my living room. Ron, Uh,
4: Jerry's work
1: is often adequate. (laughs) I'll go. Jerry has a wife and three beautiful
0: daughters. A full life, and that's amazing. April and Andy have Champion, and that's amazing.
1: I have. A stepbrother who lives in London and 2.8% body fat. Wow. Guys, guys, what do I
3: do? I mean, she's asleep. You probably just just sit there and not move. She's really tired. Just a few hours. A few hours.
4: Is this all the eggs
0: we have?
3: (laughs) Yes. What are you making?
4: Eggs.
1: (laughs) (laughs) What are you making? Eggs. Oh my gosh. I, know, I love the Ron moments. I feel
0: the same way though. I, I made four eggs the other day, Mark, and it just didn't feel like enough. I mean, how many eggs is enough?
1: It like the how many licks it takes to get to the center of a Tootsie exactly. Roll Pop. Yeah. I have yet to find out. There you go. Yep. Yeah. Yep. I like me a big om- omelette. Omelette. Um, so so Mark, for-
0: I, I thought it was interesting that they uh, they settled or Tom settled on Tan, which was our suggestion.
1: Mm, yeah, uh, yeah, that yeah. A couple name Yeah. A couple weeks ago. Yep, I yeah. agree. You know, Alan, four quick things that may not have been obvious uh, uh, from this clip, just hearing it a when Leslie asks for Jerry stories, uh, you know, Andy's hand is the first one to go up and he's laughing and then Leslie makes it obvious. He's looking for a positive story. Did quickly puts his hand down, which is kind of funny? Um, B. Chris, who's arguably the only one who really had the beginnings of a nice thing to say about Jerry. Chris begins to give his speech about how much Jerry has and how much April and Andy have. And then, you know, really how little he has or what it yeah. comes down to. And he kind of trails off and he sits down and he begins petting champion and Andy's sitting next to him with an unusually thoughtful expression on his face while he's watching this happen. So more on that later. See, after Chris's speech, Jerry draws everyone's attention saying, what do I do? Because Leslie is now full on leaning on Jerry fast asleep. Um, And then, yeah, when, when Ron asks, is this all the eggs we have? (laughs) He is in one hand holding two full cartons of eggs. So about 24 eggs. About right. Yeah. That may be about right. Yeah. Yeah. So, well, there's a lot of people there. I don't know if he was creating food for them.
0: Oh, that was just for him.
1: (laughs) I'm guessing. Maybe. Maybe you're right. Actually, give me all of the eggs you have. That's right. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Well, Mark, like April's nightmare, it turns out that Leslie is also awaking to one and Ron sees an opportunity to get Leslie and him on the same page.
1: That's right. It's now morning at the Meagle Lake House, and Leslie is still full on asleep on Jerry, who is now also asleep. Mm-hmm. And Ben gently nudges her, and she's startled awake, yelling,
2: The surprise.
1: <laughs> and she clears her head a little bit and she's like, Oh, blah, 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 what happened? And they tell her that she slept with Jerry, <coughs> phrasing <laughs> phrasing phrasings everything. She lamely tries to imply she was just planning Jerry's morning surprise party on sure, account of those are the best anyway. The best, and yeah. hey, let's get going but I don't think they're buying it and Ron tells Leslie he made some coffee and pats her leg and says let's go for a walk and then we we cut to Ron and Leslie outside and the sun is shining and they're both sitting in lounge chairs out by the lake and they're kind of talking Alan let's have Constantine play this one last clip I think that's terrific mm-hmm.
4: and now officially insist that you take a sabbatical no, no. let me finish I used to work in a sheet metal factory, but then a job came along at the tannery. The hours were better and I would get paid. Also, I'd have the chance to work with leather, both before and after it was on the cow, which (laughs) had always been a dream of mine. I didn't want to give up my sheet metal job, so I tried to do both jobs and finish middle school.
3: (laughs) How old were you?
4: Eleven. The point is, I was so tired I tried to puncture an 8-gauge aluminum foil with a leather awl. (laughs) Wow. I learned a lesson. Never half-ass two things. Whole ass one thing. So if you want to win that seat... Which I do. Then commit yourself, 100%. Take a sabbatical.
3: I will cut back to 10 hours a week. Deal. 15. 10. Deal,
1: and that's the source of uh that meme-worthy moment, right? I love
0: that meme. One of my favorites.
1: Yep, absolutely. Yep. Mine too.
0: Norm gave us a little commentary
1: on that. I, you keep teasing. I, I, know, I know. I know. Well, just, I'll get to like, it here. I'll get to it. In a you few look. Uh, at, you. You look as giddy right now, telling me about. Oh, I talked with Norm Hitchcock as as Ron did during this whole episode with Leslie. Like I I cannot wait to see what Norm said. Did he talk about me? He he did not. Yeah, Mark, he did. I knew it. Okay. We're besties.
0: <laughs> Mark, at this point, all that's left is the kicker. And in order to make up for the birthday debacle, mm. Leslie and the gang find a way to make it up to Jerry.
1: Mm. Kind of. Kind of. Yeah. At City Hall, we see April and Andy together looking at Tom and Ann, <laughs> who are smiling and talking together. That's tan to you, buddy. Mm, Habrikans. Habrikans. Um, I have another suggestion. I'm going to give it later. Mm-hmm. April laments to Andy about them getting back together because she's smart and that they're going to want to talk to you know, her about stuff. Both of them a lot. And, and Andy points out that's a good thing. It's because she's important to both of them. I don't know if she agrees with that. Andy also tells April that by the by, Chris seems lonely. And I and I told him that he could borrow champion whenever. And the camera kinda of goes over to Chris, who's now penning champion, and champion's kinda of licking his face and yeah. uh Yeah. The camera now goes over to Leslie and the gang and they're sitting in the bullpen with Jerry and Leslie apologizes for screwing up his birthday party. And to make up for it, they all pitched in. It's very expensive uh, to send Jerry and Gail to a B&B in his favorite place in the world, which is uh, Muncie, Indiana. Uh, amazingly. amazingly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Jerry thanks them all. And Leslie's cell phone rings. She looks at it and she sees that it's campaign related. Ron nods at her. Take it. Leslie excuses herself, walks towards the door, and is about to go into the hallway, looks back for a brief moment, and sees the gang kind of continuing to talk and laugh. Ron looks up at her and kind of gives her an assuring nod. Finally, Leslie turns around, walks out the door, takes the call. This is Leslie. Fade to black. Fade to black. Yep.
0: Yep. All right. Well, we'll see what happens with that next. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, Mark, let's take a real quick break. We'll come back. We'll chat about a few things and we'll eventually get to <laughs> share some of Norm's comments.
1: And oh, uh, I cannot wait. All right. <laughs> we'll be right back, everybody. All right.
2: Are you looking for the perfect dessert location? Are you a fan of puns? Well then, by all means, come on down to Greater Pawnee and visit Cakey J's Cheesecake Facility. Hello. This is Ron Swanson. Cakey J's Cheesecake Facility Please note I said facility and not factory. Our lawyers tell me this is important for legal reasons. Is well known throughout Pawnee and many parts of southern Indiana for having some of the best cheesecake dishes you can find. However, many do not know about the non cheesecake portion of their vast dessert menu. Here are 10 of their most popular menu items. Number 10. Simply Flantastic, salted cahitic chocolate flan served with coffee. Number 9. Flight of the Crumble Bee, a very crispy crumb cake drenched in honey. Number 8. The Plots Thickens. Occupying the sweet spot between cake and pie, this PLOTS is drenched with thick caramel. Number 7. Game of Cones. Two ice cream cones with your choice of flavors. The game is which one you will finish first. Number 6. Slice Slice Baby. Following the success of Game of Cones, you get two cake slices of your choice. Number 5. I Only Have Pies for you, similar to Slice Slice Baby except with pies. Number four, S'more Some Sugar on Me, a giant s'more sprinkled liberally with turbinado sugar. Number three, The Graham Reaper, a series of graham crackers encased in a thick chocolate coating. Number two, The Grunt for Blue October. The line between Cobbler and Grunt is a fine one, but there is no dish finer than this blueberry delight. And number one, dowdy with a chance of cake balls. Another variation on Cobbler, this delicious apple dowdy dish is served with three to four small spheres of cake. When you go to Cakey J's Cheesecake facility, be sure to tell them Ron sent you and they will allow you to order off of their secret menu, which includes my favorite dish, Hog and Da's, a small bowl of ice cream served with a heaping pile of bacon. Mmm. <clears throat> Thank you. That is all.
0: everybody we're back well mark as we usually do i'll mention real quickly about the deleted scenes if you have the dvds you can check these out for yourself they run about four minutes and 55 seconds on this standard edition episode right and uh, i think there were nine you know it's always tricky depends on if you count the talking head related to the thing right right if you've got a series of uh, jump cuts at the end like we did here with andy uh, if you count those as one right i did so just call them nine segments adds up to about four minutes and 55 seconds They're great. I mean, they're pretty good. Check them out. I I think, you know, nothing great per se, but um, there's a little bit of interesting kind of setup that they had to get rid of here. Like Mm -hmm. they set up certain things that happened in the course of the events. I agree.
1: A little more. I agree. And while I liked it, I don't know if it, would have been a great bonus episode. That 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 was my thought. I I thought it was it was moderately interesting. And it was moderately funny. They did a fine job. But I I get why they chose to if they had to cut something. I get yeah. why they cut that.
0: yeah, yeah I yeah. agree absolutely. Well, Mark, how about tropes first and fun facts and those sorts of things? What'd you get this week?
1: I actually had quite a few um, um, this week. I'm sparse. Um,
0: That's interesting. Okay, let's do this.
1: So, for first, I say uh, we see the Meagle Lake House. Yes. We learn that Genuine is Donna's cousin. Yep. We see Ann and Tom actually start to get along as a couple. As much as I may not like that, I'm going to say that this is the first time that they haven't been and just bickering. They did that too, though. Yes. But on but the other side of that. We've never seen the other side of it, ergo at first. Yeah, good point. Um, and then we learn Jerry's age and birthday, yeah. February 29th, 1948. Yeah. So those are the first I had. Okay. Did De- I miss any? No, those are uh yeah, you missed
0: one. I did? Yeah. To my knowledge, mm-hmm. this is the first time we've only had one guest star, and it was the dude at the copy shop. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah, I, I do, and it, that was uh, uh, Sam Carson, the actor playing Walter Fungerson, mm. fun with names, Yeah, which yeah we'll yeah. talk about here in a second. But yeah, um, I think usually we'll have five or seven, sometimes a lot more than that. But one, this is a very cast-centric episode. Yeah. yeah, you're right. You're right. Yeah. Good one. Which I'm interested in hearing your bench comments. So Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there you go.
1: That's our first. How about tropes? Tropes, I had seven. Okay. I had Ben mugs to the camera. Yeah. I have Les- Leslie Ann compliments. Yes. You beautiful rule breaking mom. <laughs> uh, FDR food driven Ron. Yeah. Is this all the eggs we have? What are you making? Eggs. Um, PBJ for sure. Of punching course. bag Jerry. Yeah. Um, I said a oh, fun with names. Walter Fungerson. Yeah. That's a good. One. Um, I said, "Sweet stupid Andy." Wait, did his leg grow back? Me too. <laughs> and I, the seventh one was a, a variation. You know how you, a lot of times with Tom we'll have the OMG, the yeah. open mouth grin. Yeah. I said the open mouth scream. Huh? Because <laughs> there are several times that he was so uh, utterly aghast at how dare Ann not like the crappy stuff he does. Not even not like it, not know about it. So open mouth scream. That's the seventh yeah, one. Um, what I miss. Um, I only had one in addition to
0: that. And I, I think it, it deserves its own trope. Mm-hmm. And we've certainly had it before. It's a JLM, Jerry loves Muncie. Oh, yeah. that is a good one. That's a good one. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So nice. if you're tracking those at home, check that box. Mark, um, how about goofs or fun facts? What'd you get this week?
1: I, you know, the only goof per se that I clocked was something that we already made mention of, which is when Walter Fungerson was reading off oh, the, yeah, the link. Yeah. It, yeah. it was different from what's on the site. Yeah. Totally not a big deal. Just something I noticed. That's yeah. all I had. That's the only one I knew of as well. There was on the internet, uh, somebody pointed out that
0: the date math continuity with this reference to Jerry's birth date and age
3: mm-hmm. does
0: not match up with what happens in the final episode of the series where they talk about he lived to the ripe old age of blah and if you do that math oh. you know, it, it makes him about 17 years younger and in the math and the series finale than this episode which you know they say he's 64 mm. i think at this time you know uh jerry uh jim O'Hare turned 50 19 days after this episode that's a little bit of a fun fact i suppose right
1: right but um and is in uh, fact nine years younger spoiler than the actress who will be uh playing his wife uh, supermodel christy brinkley yeah isn't that funny that is funny it's really funny so when they were filming filming this he was like 49 i know alan do you remember those years i do Mm. they were good yeah i miss them i know
0: yeah me too you kids at home Don't get old. Right. Yeah. But anyway, I don't consider that a goof for this. I will say it's probably a goof for the finale. Right. Because, you know, they're going to break context, right? Right. right. Continuity. Exactly. What other fun facts other than the Jerry Age thing did you have? I had a couple.
1: I had um, Champion the Three-Legged Wonder Dog was actually played by Lucy. who is female, but she's still a three-legged wonder dog. Sure she is. And she was acquired from a pit bull rescue organization in 2004. Oh, nice. Yeah. That was just kind of fun. That's great. Um, Chris Traeger, you I'm know, assuming she doesn't have any stand-ins because it's probably hard to find other three-legged dogs. Well, like, uh, yeah, you I mean tripod this, tripod that? No, it's not <laughs> going to happen. But she's awesome, a sweet dog. I remember. love it. Chris, uh, Chris Traeger does the you know ban yeah, yeah. uh, three-legged dog, yeah. uh, and and uh, Rob Lowe actually played John F. Kennedy yeah. in the TV movie Killing Kennedy yeah. in 2013. Yeah, that sounds right. Um. And the only other one I have, and, you know, Alan, you and I can appreciate this because we're from Indianapolis, is that the the was April was just making mm-hmm. the label go vertical on the <laughs> bottle and just, rah, 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 just mm-hmm. doing all the drinking. She's drinking a bottle of, at least in one of the scenes, she was drinking a bottle of sparkling wine from Easley uh, Winery, yeah. which is an actual winery here in downtown Indianapolis. Yeah, it's on College
0: Avenue. I've actually, uh, we recycle, uh, do electronics recycling for my job. Right near that place, and I've driven by it many times. Wow! Yeah, yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, um, Mark. The only other one I had, and and we mentioned it earlier already. So, um, but if you if you clock this at six minutes twenty nine seconds to about six minutes thirty seconds, it's is like two seconds scene. Mm-hmm. You see Ron paddling across, you know, the lake oh, at yeah, the beautiful Meagle yeah, yeah. estate right before we go inside the lake house. That's exactly yeah, right. Yeah, yeah, the canoe he is paddling is Lucky Boy, which is his famous canoe uh, if you look at it and then you go to the, the, you know, his Offerman Offerman Woodshop. Woodshop? Yeah. The Offerman Woodshop website. Offermanwoodshop.com. I believe so. That's awesome. Yeah. They should be our sponsor this week. Um, but anyway, they, uh, if you look at it, it is lucky boy. I mean, it's a, it's a cedar canoe and it's got a very definitive wood pattern to it and it's easy, easily recognizable.
1: Just, I love that. We need to have a, podcast about what a nerd you are about canoes like, uh, well this, especially offerman built canoes yeah and we had talked about his canoes before remember when he made the canoe for brendanowitz for oh, helping yeah, yeah. him with the thing yeah with his uh, wood shop. yeah a little bit of an overpriced uh, gift a little to him. bit yeah thousands and thousands and yeah, thousands of dollars you know um that was from the offerman wood shop too i think that was yeah <laughs> you, and it was shot there in fact that
0: whole scene was wow terrific wow yeah. that's fun yeah that is fun well mark i think
1: that about does it why don't we get into our scores All right, let's do it, man. This was this was a tough one. I deliberated on this for a while as far as what I was going to do for MVP. Um, I settled on co-MVPs because it lets me cheat more. (laughs) And um, I decided I could have gone a variety of ways here, but I decided on the co-MVPs of Aubrey Plaza as April Ludgate and Retta. Oh, nice. I love it. Um, My reasoning. Uh, April, in my opinion, was the only thing that made the B story watchable and funny. And I'll get to that later. Um, drunk April is fantastic. Nuff said April had some of the best talking heads with the camera. The wrestling match with her and Tom and Ann with her, you know, was great. Yeah. Very reminiscent of when they wrestled with Ron. We already talked about that uh, in Camping Trip. Um, for Donna, Uh, I I know that you're going to agree with this, Alan. I was so happy that she got some more screen time. Me too. And and not only that, but from a character slash plot perspective, I'm glad that we found out a little more about Donna. It gives her a greater depth and makes her more interesting, which in turn only serves to benefit the show overall. So, yeah, like I said, I could have gone a variety of ways. I thought that was very deserving and I wanted to call Retta. Retta, I think she did a great job. Terrific. So a few additional notes. Um, For each of the stories, I found the funniest and most satisfying parts to be not the main characters who are carrying out the storyline, but often other characters reacting to them. Ron reacting to Leslie, grinning giddily at being proven right all throughout the episode and reacting to Tom and more prominently April reacting to both Anne and Tom. Andy reacting to Chris. I thought there was... um, I thought there was good use of the comedic bench. You had talked about how there are, you know, hardly any guest stars. so It was a very cast centric episode. It was. I, and I, I love that we got to see more Donna in this episode and have several plot worthy facts brought forward um, that have to do with her character, the Meagle Lake Lakehouse, her cousin genuine. And I also like that we got more Jerry than usual, I think, in this in this episode. Um. I also found it was a little bit refreshing that for at least one episode, Ben wasn't so front and center as the other half of Leslie leaving some space for others like Donna and Jerry and Ron to fill in. And it's not that I don't love Ben as a character. I've said before, I think he's a brilliant straight man. I enjoy his work very, very much, but I thought it was surprisingly effective in this episode. And I don't mind giving others a little bit of screen time every now and again, kind of evening it out.
0: I totally agree. I would say this is uh, this is my first opportunity to kind of mention some of the feedback I got from Norm. Ooh. I reached out to him and just said, hey, you know, Mark and I have struggled a little bit with this and Tom storyline. Mm. You know, you got the this episode assigned. How'd you feel about it? How'd the writer's room feel about it? And, you know, in his comments, which thank you again, Norm, for sending these to us, he mentioned quite a few things. One of which was, you know, they had before season four began, they did a writer's retreat mm. and they decided in that. Was it at the Mego Lake House? Uh, maybe. Mm. He mentions that getting to shoot there, that it's such an idyllic location. I know. So I'm going to ask him where it was because I'm going to take my canoe there. I know. <laughs> right. But. Um, they they on the retreat, they basically talked about, you know, should Leslie run for office, um, essentially taking her out of the parks department? Yeah. You know, how would they incorporate the rest of the team? Because uh, after all, you know, it's parks and recreation. That's the theme uh, of the show. And he said there was a split there. But in the end, they decided to see how that split could work together in showing a journey for Leslie and then also allowing maybe for some development of the other characters as well. I see. Yeah. Hmm. So I think it worked well here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. There were a ton of great moments. I mean we we listed off a lot of them just su- some in just rapid fire. Leslie volunteering for Wheels for Meals on Wheels, cl- <laughs> classic and one. genius. The Meagles are a cold people, so funny. Andy's excitement about Champions leg growing back jerry's bath and the single phallic candle i love it chris's sweet moment with andy andy's sweet moment with chris april to the camera thank you alcohol mm-hmm. are those all the eggs we have yeah what are you making eggs <laughs> never half-ass two things whole ass one thing i absolutely love that and scientologist just that's brilliant freaking funny love it Mark, the whole, uh, the don't half-ass
0: two things, whole-ass one thing. Yeah. So Norm said specifically in this, oh, you yeah. know, he, was, he was focused on the Leslie-Ron story, mm-hmm. right? That's kind of what his focus Right. Uh, not necessarily the Tom-Ann story. Right. Uh, they did move it forward, of course. But he and Dan Gore sat down and came up with the line, don't half-ass two things, whole-ass one thing, when they were rewriting the scene between Ron and Leslie on the dock. Interesting. Yeah, I love that. Hmm. Yeah, me
1: too. Ellen, uh, I'm at the point in my uh, my scoring where I go over small nitpicks, which is also known as Grumpy Mark's Tom rant. These are these are things you'll actually use probably in your math at some point. Maybe, maybe, Fair maybe. Okay. I very rarely tear down. All right. What but you got? Do. <laughs> All
3: right.
1: Alan, I was actually thinking back to season two. Um, when Anne was with Brendan, quits. Yeah. Uh, I, I know that the Mark and relationship was sometimes viewed by some and including us, I think as bland on bland. I think sometimes yeah. it didn't get a lot of, a lot of love, you know, but I got to tell you from a sensible plot perspective, at least when they were together, I understood why. Yeah. With Tom and Anne. I have no clue why they would even want to be friends, much less in a romantic relationship.
0: Well, I get why she went out on one date with them, right? She was kind of just like, what the heck?
1: But yeah.
0: that doesn't <laughs> explain what happens next.
1: It, also, speaking of Brendan Aquits, uh, Paul Schneider, I love you. I love him, um, In season two, before he left the show, Mark doting on Anne and making her too important was exactly why she broke up with him That's and he true. and he wasn't even an ass clown like tom is so That's i'm very over like why like why why and why why would Anne find tom and his behavior at all appealing i don't get it um if if haverkins or tan <laughs> was a short little funny detour eh, that would be fine i go with it but if they're going to be together a while Anne needs to credibly say like what she sees in Tom as it is. I just don't get it. He's super annoying and gets exasperated. And then dot, dot, dot. She slinks back to him like I, I just I don't get it in the past. Tom has had some very, very, very rare redeeming moments. But when you weigh it against the huge overflow of his behavior, it's just not it's not enough. The proportions are out of whack. I don't feel like he's he's had the I feel you moment. You know, I, I've said this before, too. If they wrote Tom right. This is me being, you know, cocky because, you know, of course, I'm a great writer, (laughs) not (laughs) if they wrote Tom right at this point in his character arc. I say that Tom would have the most potential for an interesting story or at least an interesting episode, like more than Leslie or Ron. I think that him actually becoming human and someone that we empathize with, I think at this point he's been so Tom, Mm. it would be like thunder. It would be a memorable episode you know and it would be fantastic. I think you're right. It's like the the, the opportunities there and it's like, you're not taking it. I want to give him some really solid moments that humanize him, that resonate with us and stay with us. And, and by the way, when they're doing this... And Tom's relationship has zero grounding. And I I really hate that in this episode, like you notice that they both said, remember when April was all mad because they were back together and and they said, oh, well, you know, we both acted badly and we talked and we both apologize. Huh? Like, I get why Tom would need to, because Tom. Yeah. But but and he was in the wrong clearly honestly and i don't get it why why he's why they made it seem like she's on the same level of annoying as tom i don't i cannot buy that even the slightest bit the way i interpreted it was
0: that you know he apologized cuz he needed to she quote apologized by accepting
1: his apology so that's just that, me. that 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 i could believe right, right. i like that um you know what could make tom more interesting i was thinking about this before anything I, <laughs> I wish that we could meet Tom's family.
0: Well, yeah. We're learning a little bit about Donna, right? And they could just start to even crack the hood on Tom just a little bit. I think that that
1: could be actually an effective way to make us sympathetic towards Tom. Without... He's, a Nor-
0: He's a North Carolina redneck.
1: I know. I know. I mean, how
0: how cool would it be to learn more about that?
1: I know. And, and I you know, I've talked before about- His dad like, might be a Republican. Tom has to have these, you know, redemption moments and- if done wrong, it can be very ham fisted. And I get that. But yeah. this would be an interesting way. Like, let's see where he came from. And it could actually make us feel for him a little bit without having to say, attention, everyone. Here's Tom's redemption moment. I mean, I just think that could be a cool thing. <laughs> that's oh, the title of the episode. One more thing. You know how the, Tom wanted to say that their couple name was Tan? Yes. Right? Yeah, yeah. And Anne said, no, 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 that's not going to happen. Maybe Anne should have switched that nickname around and countered with Ant.
0: Aunt. Yeah, like a, yeah. a
1: little wee tiny She thing did like try that.
0: to get uh, uh, Anne's man on, on Tom's hat. I know, I know.
1: <laughs> All right, so end the mark, uh, you know, Tom rant. Yeah. Uh, here, here comes the score, baby. All right. All right. Base score, hmm, I'm going to give this a 3.5. I thought that the stories were okay, but overall, and this could just be a personal slant on this, everything felt disjointed. Like I like the, the Chris Andy thing was fine, but it just seemed like let's just go point and just pull pull this out of nowhere. Like I didn't seem like I, I didn't see where it was coming from. So for, for me it just things seemed disjointed. Right. I I think that the the moments made it stand out more than like how everything kind of gelled together as a show. So that's why I'm getting it a three point. Fair 5. enough. Um I'm going to give half a point for a great job by co-MVP Aubrey Plaza, April Ludgate. I'm going to give half a point for a great job by co-MVP Retta as Donna Meagle. Way to go, Donna. I'm also going to give half a point for a good use of the comedic bench. We talked about this before. I thought that they did a a great job with this. Um, I I guess you could say it was a little bit uneven in the sense that Ben maybe wasn't in this episode as much as he has been in the past. But overall, I thought it was pretty good, and I want to give him credit for that. I want to give an entire point. Here come my cheater combos. (laughs) I want to give an entire point for what I call the Donna Jerry combo. So we got increased screen time for Jerry and Donna, plus Jerry's whole sweet 16 party, plus Jerry in the bath is just too funny, (laughs) plus fleshing out Donna's character a lot. I thought that all that was awesome. So one whole point for all that stuff together. I'm going to give another whole point for what I call the Chris slash Andy slash champion combo. You got sweet, stupid Andy plus likable, affable Chris plus Chris's sweet moments with Andy plus Andy's perceptive moments with Chris realizing he's lonely plus the funny German stuff plus champion. Cause I, I, I just love champion. Yeah. So essentially a whole point just for their storyline is what it comes down to. I'm going to give half a point for what I call the Ron Leslie combo, seeing giddy Ron every time he's proven right. Plus how manic Leslie became plus another opportunity for Ron to give Leslie Sage advice. And this doesn't always go from Ron to Leslie. It can go in the opposite direction as well, but I like that. I like the pairing of those two. Yeah, I, I think can they're see- effective. I'm going to give another half point for, The Ron April funny moments combo. Is this all the eggs we have? We've talked about that. Plus, thank you, alcohol. I just thought Alboy Plaza did such a great job. And and Ron's just so funny. I'm going to give half a point alone for Scientologists. That is just so freaking funny. It's pure genius. (laughs) Uh So you add all those up and you're at eight and a half little Sebastian's. Yeah, Uh this is going to be a teardown. All right. I do not. I do not for the life of me understand what they're doing with the and tom relationship at all at all not even like the slightest bit minus one so you're at 7.5 little sebastian's that's my final one this uh, all right grumpy mark's gonna give up the mic he's (laughs) he's done talking what you got i don't even care anymore i just want to go home (laughs) you're done um get off my lawn
0: <laughs> That's apropos.
1: Um, my, mine's a little bit of a, my commentary
0: today is a little bit of a combination of Alan's comments and a little bit more information from what Norm shared to maybe give us a little yeah, context yeah, yeah. to feel maybe a little better about the Tom and thing, maybe not. Um, so, my Alan's comments were Ann and Tom, really? Mm-hmm. Again? Mm-hmm. Mm, yeah. And then generally on the episode overall, because I think for the same, and you said it much better. I just said meh, but for, <laughs> for, I like the way you said it, which was there's a lot going on. Yeah, and, and they're trying to. It's nothing gets rooted right. It's just there's too much. I felt disjointed. Disjointed is a good word, and and I don't think that's uh, any fault on the writers here. I think maybe as a group they decided to take on too much, and that maybe I think that's it. I think maybe you can imagine like when you get assigned this episode you know, you didn't create the backstories of all this. This has been building to this. Right. So you know, got to kind of like pick up Norm the baton gets this and run episode, with he's got, he's handed Tom and Ann. Right. What's he do with it? Right. right? So in his case, I think he kicked the the, the can down the road a little bit and yeah. left it to the next guy. And I totally get that, by the way. I do too. And I think in that regard, the, the resolution they had, well, let me talk about that in his comments, yeah, yeah. which I think you'll enjoy. Um, I said, everyone here is being stuck and being stubborn. And by everyone, I pretty much meant Leslie mm-hmm. and Ann and Tom, yeah, right? Yeah. And that, that to me is what made it difficult for me to like this episode generally. I, I liked, again, we've talked about the dual lens of critical versus enjoyment, right? This is the opposite of normal for me, where I think normally I maybe enjoy the episodes into a higher score. Here, I would enjoy this one into a lower score. But technically, it's not a bad episode, uh, the hmm. way it's crafted, for example. You know what? The, I would agree with that. The shots. I would I mean, agree with that. It's a beautiful episode, yeah. actually. I mean, just the backgrounds kind of made that a little easy. But and, and then I also just said, yay, Donna, right? Yeah. I was really happy to see Reda get a lot more screen time and start to get a cool story. And we know she's got a couple of really great ones coming up, you know, later in later seasons. But this is really the first time we've had kind of a semi-Donna-centric episode. Agreed. Norm pointed out that this is kind of a little bit of a Jerry-centric episode as well, right? right? Yeah, he mentions, you know, it was fun to do a Jerry story. And, you know, they they also, it was great to go to this lake cabin to shoot. It was a very relaxed setting, so it was a nice change from the kind of the normal stage shoot. Yeah. And, uh, and, and such a beautiful, idyllic spot. Kind of like a camping trip. Yeah, like camping trip. And yeah. they got to have the whole cast there, he said, which was terrific. That is cool. Yeah. So, you know, a couple other things he mentioned I thought were interesting. You know, and especially in in terms of the Ann-Tom relationship specifically, he said that the writer's room discussed it and they were pretty much uh, in two different camps. Norm believes, if he remembers correctly, that he was on the no side. Good, that's but, the right one. <laughs> but that, you know, that they should not date. But after a discussion, it seemed like there could be some comedy there to play out and he thinks that in some ways that extra angle was actually an opportunity to help April push, push April forward, letting her get more involved, especially in this episode, doing something she doesn't normally do. And like Ron, you know, and with it coming back to bite her in the butt. Mm. So they 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 played that for the comedy here. And I think that's why they continued the, the aunt, you know, if you think about it, they had the perfect opportunity to finish breaking them up. Oh, yeah. Because April said, you're done. Yeah. And they could have just been done. And they could have just been done at that point. Yep. But instead, what they did was they, they used this as an opportunity to feature a little bit of Aubrey Plaza. So I think in that regard, when I look at it that way, I'm like, OK, you know what? I kind of like that. The reasoning so let's makes let's break sense. them up real soon after this.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. The, the reasoning is, seems sound. And I agree with you, by the way. I thought that this was technically a good episode. It's just how things played out just uh, for some I, I
0: don't some disagree things. with that.
1: Yeah, I don't disagree with that. The other thing he said that I thought was interesting
0: was, you know, kind of as a secondary thought on what I just said is, you know, he said Sweet 16 was a bit of a transitional episode where Ron gives Leslie permission and advice to kind of go for it. Mm-hmm. Right. Because deep down, Ron knows that he would rather have Leslie in government oh, yeah. trying to do good, even though he believes government should not be involved and wishes it would basically meet its downfall
1: well and if you believe what ron said in the past so he won't have to do stuff because leslie does the job of like six people
0: I, I think that's true but i think that's also an excuse i do too yeah yeah i think secretly you know if 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 he found more leslie's in the government he'd probably be a much bigger fan of it but i would agree with you, that right that's a good point we all would that's a very good point. <laughs> As a matter yeah. of fact i think we all could get behind it more yeah yep, yep. The last thing he said uh, kind of uh, echoes kind of what you said before. He said he really enjoyed the Andy, Chris and Champion storyline. And with Andy trying to speak German, he said that was just really (laughs) funny to be there on the set and watching Pratt do that that day. Right. And uh, that, you know, and I thought that was, again, it felt a little bit out of left field, I think, to your point for me. But overall, I think it was it was well written when it was there. They're just kind of like this just feel like it's an extra layer on the cake, I guess.
1: That that's a good way to put it. it. It definitely, I definitely thought it was funny, and I definitely thought they had some sweet moments with each other. And it didn't annoy me like maybe the 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 Tom and thing did. It just seemed like that's interesting. Why did why did why did you choose that? Yeah. But it doesn't mean it was bad. It was just kind of unexpected.
0: I think if you look at it through the lens of how do we have a little bit of something for everybody, they actually did a pretty good job. But I'd agree. It's hard not to feel a little disjointed when your focus is a little bit everywhere. I think that's a good point. So I'd and agree with and that. This is not the only episode where we've ever said something like that. So anyway, for me, I I, I really appreciate Norm with uh, sending in his comments and and kind of sharing a little bit of behind the scenes there. That was terrific. And uh, you know, again, I think even a quote bad Parks episode is still a pretty good episode of of TV any oh, day yeah. of the week. Oh yeah. I also gave it seven and a half little Sebastians.
1: Get out of here! No, and it was, really. I,
0: I focused on this because last week I had said, uh, with last week's episode, I was, I was, I could not go any higher than eight, mm. but I didn't really consider a seven and a half. I I kept bouncing back and forth between seven and a half and eight here. And ultimately I think I kind of went with the way I felt about the episode, my Mm -hmm. enjoyment level of it, not the crafting of it. And I gave it a seven and a half. I probably would give it the full eight if I was looking at it through the other lens and only through that lens
1: though. Do you think you gave it as, I mean, relatively speaking here, right? Do you think you gave it such a low score because of the Anton thing or like what's your score? You think so?
0: And You know, we've said this in other weeks where we give in higher scores, eight, eight and a half, but probably not a nine, that that one storyline was so good Mm -hmm. that we were okay with these other ones. They weren't great. Mm -hmm. Maybe they detracted a little bit, but that one storyline was great. Yeah. I don't know. We had that this week. Yeah. Because, again, a lot of focus in too many places. We just didn't have a really good single story to kind of carry the episode. Interesting. So for me, it's a seven and a half.
1: And, you know, Alan, I know we've said this before, but but just for our viewers at home. We do not share, no, share notes with each other. Not. So it's like that's... every single week is like, is this going to be the week where we, you know, where we differ? Or is it going to be a fight? Um, so I was really stunned that, that we got the same score. Yeah. Well,
0: uh, you know, I should also mention uh, that my MVPs, okay, I, uh... I went with a combination of April. Aubrey Plaza is April. And um, what, what's that guy's name? Uh, the one that plays Chris
1: oh uh uh Chris uh Roblo
0: roblo, roblo that's his name I, yeah he's gonna make it. it yeah yeah that guy might make it um I gave uh, April Chris
1: combo MVP I considered week. that
0: yeah because I like this version of Chris yeah me too yeah yeah and I thought you know maybe that could have been maybe flesh that out more and mm-hmm. made that the anchor of the episode which would be a little weird because it's not the main storyline
1: I, I I like when they make Chris imperfect. In this sense, he's very lonely. Yeah, but it's not to a ridiculous yeah. like comically over the top right. sense it's like okay this you actually are like a real person like you're getting some yeah. depth there
0: yeah and i think they're
1: building him toward that so right.
0: if they could just figure out a way to do that for tom oh. i think we'd both be a lot happier oh my gosh absolutely yeah yep. yeah well we'll see we'll stay tuned and see next week we're going to cover season four episode 17 campaign shake up yep perhaps that will be the episode where we start to get on tom's side
1: Yep. Is that we'll related see. to a lemon shakeup? Uh, it is. You buy it at the state fair and it's delicious. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Well, I can't With your wait. deep fried Snickers bar. 10. 10.
0: <laughs> 11. I give that 11. <laughs> That's Spinal Tap. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thanks for staying with us this week. We really appreciate it. And we look forward to seeing you next week. All right. Bye, everyone. Bye, everyone.
3: Live from Pawnee is a copyrighted production of The Creators. Copyright 2020. All rights reserved. Original music was created and performed by Aaron Emerson of Emerson Studios. Clips are used under fair use doctrine for the purpose of commentary and parody. Please see our website at livefrompony.com for more details or to contact us. If you listen closely, that is the bubbling of the hot tub. You do not have access to it. If you follow these rules, we won't have a problem.